It's amazing to have uh, uh, Arun here. Uh, we, we just kept meeting each other around the world. It was actually Arun that was the person that was intentional at the start. He just went in the same room for a day, maybe two days, and he had to leave and he just made sure we said hello. And then we just kept meeting everywhere, yeah, in different countries and different places. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, by coincidence, I landed in Los Angeles the weekend that he was proposing to his, uh, his fiance, now fiancé, now wife, and just, God just kept connecting us. And then we're in South Africa together at the same time. And the other place, we just kept being together at the same time. So, and I'm really glad that Rune uh, really laid a, a relational foundation there that you can know him because he has a lot of uh, information to convey. And he might say, oh, that's the mind-body connection. You can push him a little bit deeper. You go, oh, because this, 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 and this. You can push him deeper. He goes, oh, because this, this, and this. Like, is he really knows the deep foundations uh, with a lot of, uh, academic and intellectual integrity as well as his crazy, flighty, mystic stuff. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to what more he brings. Okay, so Christianity, it gets framed up for you. You get framed into a world, yep. And the way you get saved into, that's what you believe Christianity is. And then what you hear that week, you will fight to keep that frame the rest of your life. <laughs> and everybody else is crazy. Because what you heard the first week you were saved. Yep. And if you take some person, they got saved, and it's framed up to them. You belong to the lineage of Peter. The Pope is the apostolic lineage of Peter. He wears the fisherman's ring. <laughs> And uh, he's the mediator, he's below God but above man. And we, this is the one true church. And if you go through these several ceremonies and continue in this one true church and do confession, you'll see God. Then one day, someone comes along to you and says, no, 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 you don't have to do any of those things, just believe that Jesus did them for you. You're now risking your very salvation. You're risking purgatory, the fires of hell, to just choose. You mean if I don't go to the church under this priest, under the Pope, and I just come over here and just believe that God would give me salvation, then I'm saved? It's a big task. But if you got saved into a church through faith that says, just believe and receive the free gift, and someone comes along and says to you, hang on, hang on, hang on, you've been doing this for 20 years, but now come to this church and pay money to the Pope to, to guarantee your salvation, you'd be like, get out. That's crazy. I'm not gone. That's crazy. I'm saved by faith, and I will see Jesus on that day. Done. Now, someone comes and says to this guy, guess what? The Holy Spirit comes down and gives you gifts and you can minister in the same way Jesus ministered in the Gospels. 
That's crazy. Are you saying, you saying, I can heal and you can heal someone? Who would you think you are? Jesus? You can prophesy? But this person who got saved by a word of knowledge and had his knee healed, yep, and you say to him, sorry, there are no words of knowledge and there is no healing, come back to this church, no way. But this person will fight to stay here, this person will fight to stay here. It's very difficult to move this way because what's framed up. When you drove here, you'll have passed some cars because they're idiots. <laughs> and then, as you're driving, some cars have passed you. Shoom! Do you know why? They're idiots. Because you are going the correct speed. We fight to stay bound. We fight to stay bound. But we need to surrender. We, yeah, people fight to stay bound. You know, they don't believe in miracles, but they, want the, they will fight to stay in the miraculous, miraculous less situation, miracleless situation. There are pastors whose wives are dying of cancer and they will not let someone pray for their healing. To stick to their theology and their place in the church. They're up there preaching, wife is dying, but there's no miracles. Okay? That is the seed line of Satan operating in their life. Let's call it what it is. I won't get rid of that stuff. Oh, I've gone heavy again. Everyone <laughs> had everyone laughing. I was like, oh, thank you, everyone. Last night I thought, oh, so heavy last night. What a, not the way to start. <laughs> I was very happy. Everyone, everyone joking. But it gets, something gets framed up for you. Okay, well, guess what? You're all living in a frame now. I'm living in a frame right now. Okay? We've got to take that stuff down. This frame is an argument and a pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's the stronghold. A stronghold is a picture, a thought pattern. It's not a demon. Okay, a demon may partner with it, but it of itself is not. When you receive Christ, you receive the person of Christ. He hasn't come to improve you, he's come to replace you. Okay, you're now one spirit with the living Christ forever, the moment you believed. And he wants you to do everything you want him to do. <laughs> everything we're praying Jesus to do, Jesus is saying, mm, how about you do it? Christianity, God, why are there earthquakes? Sonship, Chris, why are there earthquakes? Highest heavens belong to God, but earth I've given to man. Jesus, why is there sickness on the earth? Chris, why is there sickness on the earth? Responsibility, uh, maturity is taking responsibility. That's what it is. If we say this kid's mature, 
we're looking at the amount of responsibility he takes. That's what we're actually saying. If a 12-year-old gets the 10-year-old's breakfast ready in the morning, we go, wow, that's a responsible kid, mature child. Yep. If a 15-year-old doesn't, we say that's irresponsible, he's not mature. So maturity is taking responsibility. Will you lay your life down for another? Will you take responsibility for this earth, for this creation? And sometimes that's going to have some joys and some heartbreaks, but that's what we're doing. We're redeeming the body so we can redeem the earth. That's what we're doing. And that's the frame. You are a son of God. Glorified Christ, son of God, on with God forever. And while we're yet sons, what we will become, we don't know. But this thing, this glorified Christ, there's no way you can attain that. But all Christianity you can attain. But here's the cruelty and the cleverness of religion. Religion does not set an impossible standard. Religion only sets a standard that you can achieve on your best day. On your best day. So when you don't do it, you know that you could have. But if it makes it impossible, you'll give up. And that will be a disaster for religion. They don't want you to give up. They want you just on the brink for 50 years. Wow. <laughs> Revival's coming. Push through. Tear this down. Whatever it is. Just on the brink. And the weakest link will always break. So I'm a, if I join a church that's, that's close to my natural makeup, okay, and uh, it's very goal-orientated one, discipline-orientated, and um, but good community, because this is exactly what I did, <laughs> okay, and I was part of that church, and then if I had a wife, okay, and I'm going, and I'm getting up and doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm going to prayer meetings, I'm, I'm going to the the... the Bible study and I'm doing the outreaches and I'm going to international conferences. If my wife's soul makeup can't handle that, the weakest link will break and she will break. Now, if I'm in ministry, how do you break if you're a pastor's wife? Yeah, you get out. And the only way to get out of ministry is an affair. I've seen it over and over again. That's how you get out. And people go, oh, Chris, he's such a great guy. He's amazing. He's doing his outreach. He counsels people. He looks after the poor. And then his wife ran away with so-and-so. This terrible wife. Look what she did to him. She didn't do it to me. <laughs> I did it to her. And vice versa, we join a church that's her model. Prophetic conferences, color conference, whatever. I'm like, oh my goodness. The flag women are coming around again. Oh my goodness. 
and she's in ministry, and we're going around to all her, and she gets a platform, I'm following her around. I'm using extreme examples. Yeah. And then she's got a book out, and then she's on TV. And I'm just going, like, I don't really get it. And it puts a big load on my soul. Eventually, I'm going to get out. Through addiction, through pornography, through an affair, something. Then I'm going to say, wow, this minister's wife, husband, whatever, what a bad guy. The weakest link breaks. And religion is the knowledge of good and evil. It's going to bring a death. And death builds. You can't escape it. It's building, building, building. But if we're both strong together, who breaks? The kids. Yeah. The kids break. And this is the cruelty of religion. Cruelty. Okay. It puts you on a treadmill that never ends. And it's there to destroy your generations and your inheritance. Or <laughs> you could receive the free gift of divine nature. This thing we're all trying to attain to by using lots of accurate, true, spiritual world, spiritual law principles is what we've already been given. Everything we're fighting for, we already have. If you stop asking God to give you what he's already given you, and you stop asking God to do what he's asked you to do, your prayer life is pretty much over. Just list out your prayers and then cross them out. That's what God asked me to do. That's what he's already done. He has given me every spiritual blessings. He has given me precious promises to which I can partake in the divine nature. The divine nature. You've got the divine nature. You have it. Every spiritual blessing you have. As a free gift, in your new nature, it's there. And all, they're all yes and amen in Christ. All we're doing is asking God, teach me to govern this on the earth, to take responsibility. So I don't take this power and go kill Democrats, but I take this power and I change creation. You can't trade the glory. You can't trade it. That's what Lucifer did. Iniquity was found within him because of his trading. You can't trade that, okay? If I get a prophetic word, prophetic jacket, okay, I can make money from it. I'm allowed to. How I do that, uh, I'll stand before God one day. I can get prophetic words for love the church. I can do it for some cash. I can do it because I feel bad about myself. <laughs> the jacket just works. It's just a hammer. If I get a hammer, I can build a house. Yeah, it's just a tool. It doesn't change what this is. Yeah, that's okay. But the glory realm, you can't trade that for cash. You can't trade it for influence. You can't even use it to win an argument. Oh, there's no healing today? Let me show you. Psst, I win. I mean, you can use a healing jacket for that. But you can't use the divine nature. In fact, Jesus refused to when they demanded of him. He's walking out of his nature. He wasn't working off a jacket. Uh, you know, by jacket, a gifting, an anointing, a mantle. He's working out of his true nature. If you value God's stuff in the same way he values his stuff, you can have it. 
Same as you with your kids. You got one son, he, with good intention, treats your stuff well because it's your stuff. Yeah? So when he's 18, he can drive the car because you know his heart that he'll treat it like you treat it. He may crash it because of skill level and you're ready for that. But you know his heart and intention. 18, he can have the car. Another son doesn't really care. Still your son, you love him, but he doesn't really do what you ask him to do, does a half job, and doesn't really take care of your gear. So when he's 18, he can't have the car. You love him? Yes, exactly the same. But it's irresponsible to give him a car. There are some 21-year-olds in America that your government will give them a machine gun and keys to a tank. There are some 50-year-olds in America that are not allowed to drive a car. <laughs> so we need to start using God's stuff the way he would use it. And that is to send rain on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. That's to bring good news to the earth. And from there, just so you know, sometimes judgment will come. But mercy, 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 then act. Do you know why? That's what, that's what God does. That's what you do. You're like him. If you use his stuff the way he would use his stuff. yeah. And if you're busy doing the prophetic model or the intercessor model or the courts model even, which are all accurate things. But if they're your model to achieve things on the earth as opposed to receiving your sonship and being in union, one with Jesus Christ, then they will exhaust you. And when you are exhausted by the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you get angry. Yeah, we all know this. Okay, at my church, when I was in the Baptist church, that this revelation came through. Like someone preached, I don't know, and it's like, you know, it's all about your inner beauty and stuff like this. And all these girls are like, we're not wearing makeup ever again. <laughs> Week one, no makeup. Week two, no makeup. Week three, <gasps> you betrayed us. You betrayed us. We're having no makeup. And now you're wearing a little bit, you're wearing some foundation I can see. <laughs> what was their revelation? It became a judgment. Yep. If you've ever got fit out of your own strength and changed your life and changed your diet, then you see someone stuffing their face with carbohydrates. You go, you pig. <laughs> Which was you just two weeks ago. <laughs> but when you do anything by your own strength, judgment builds. That's Cain. He did it by his own strength. Judgment builds. Abel did it by faith. So it was acceptable and God spoke well of it. <laughs> so he needs to leave that system completely behind. It's all a free gift. You've been given divine nature. You've reached peak existence. There's nothing more to attain to. We're just releasing it. And everyone's got a different journey in that. Some of us have Indian DNA. And they're going to release this new creation through generations of Indian DNA. And he's taking that land. This is his land. Some of us have um, Native American DNA. Some of us have Filipino DNA. Some of us have um, Scottish DNA. 
and we've all got different journeys to take. Okay? But what we're doing, we'll all receive the same gift, the same person, the person of Jesus Christ. And this being inside you wants to redeem this land so you can redeem this. All the molecules, everything's waiting for us. And that's all we're doing. And that can only come through relationship that you already have. As Dwight's saying, he's our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. I have righteousness. I have Christ. First Adam had righteousness. First Adam, he gave it away. Here, have my righteousness. God didn't give me righteousness back. He gave me Christ. I, in Christ is my righteousness. I can't give it away. He is righteous forever. Christ is my holiness. How holy is Christ? He's holy, holy, holy. How holy are you? Holy, holy, holy. Who do you think you are? God? You're holy, holy, holy. When you step into heaven, you're home. That through the veil, you're holy, holy, holy. They're holy, holy, holy. Everyone's holy, holy, holy. As a free gift. All the sons are. There's other beings there that are not holy, holy, holy. <laughs> they're holy, but they're not the divine holiness of God given as a free gift. The glory that Christ had before the foundation of the world given to us, ascribed to us. You are one being with God. You're the fourth part of the Trinity. In Him forever. Right now. You and Yahweh are one being right now. God's very happy to see you. Angels are very happy to see you. As he is, so you now on the earth. Find your eyes, sword your mouth, voice like rushing water, long uh, white hair, golden girdle, brass feet. That's what you are. You're the scariest thing in the room. If you go home tonight, and your grandfather clock lifts up and floats across the room. Just go, put it back. <laughs> the devil knows. God knows. Only one person has a question. It's you. And it's received by believing. And so we've had these nonsense things framed up for us. We're humans waiting to go to heaven. Never in scripture is that mentioned. Not once. It's a, it's a Greek pagan tradition. Yeah. We're reconciling all things, heaven and earth together, and we're doing it. It's us. And the ability to do that has been given to us. So what are you? You were a human, changed species, and now you are a child of God. But let me say, that's not enough. Because you can be a child of God as a positional authority and go straight back into ministry model as a child of God, from that revelation. And people have. And they get much better results. <laughs> much better results. But people can't maintain their workload. <laughs> because you are a beloved child of God. And this is where your rest comes from. God chose you. You didn't choose him. He predestined you before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, or in the beloved. 
You are the beloved son of God. The moment you accept Jesus, the being that you are is a beloved son. Jesus, at the beginning of Matthew, gets baptized and God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. How much ministry had Jesus done at that stage? Zero. That's his nature. That's his core nature. That's who he is. A beloved son whom God's well pleased. That's given to you. You are that at all times. This cannot change. It's your DNA. If I take a hippopotamus, which has hippopotamus DNA, wherever I put it, it's still a hippopotamus. If I put it in a cage, it's a hippopotamus in a cage. If I put it in a plane, it's a hippopotamus in a plane. In a circus, it's still a hippopotamus. It doesn't change its DNA. It's just in different situations. You are a beloved son of God. If you start an orphanage today, you are a beloved son of God. That started an orphanage. If you rob a bank today, doesn't change your DNA. You are a beloved son of God who robbed a bank. And then you'll be a beloved son of God in jail. You say, God, don't you love me? I love you. Why well, I'm in jail? Because you robbed a bank. You can be in jail and go, Father, and his presence is there. Thinking robbing a bank takes you out of his presence makes you think that not robbing a bank qualifies you for his presence? Works. Take those filthy rags off that man. Do you think praying for the sick qualifies you for heaven? Good and evil behavior doesn't qualify you or disqualify you. Your actions didn't qualify you for righteousness, so your actions don't disqualify you. Your attitude didn't qualify you. Your attitude doesn't disqualify you. You can be grumpy, angry at God, and you're the beloved son of God who's grumpy and angry. It doesn't change the thing you are. <laughs> it's a free gift. A beloved son of God. When the devil comes, so God announces, this is my beloved son and him I'm well pleased. And the devil comes. Does the devil ask, are you really the beloved son? And he drops it out, doesn't he? He says, if you are the son of God. He wants Jesus to engage his own arm of flesh to prove himself. Give him our rest and into works. Perform a miracle. Use the glory. Use your nature to get an earthly result. Trade. Trade your nature. And Jesus answers with the word. Never defends himself. The word's going to do the work. I'm the beloved son. He's got nothing to prove. I'm the beloved son in whom God is well pleased. My father's well pleased. That's you. And everything comes to ask you those questions. Your sore back says, are you the son of God? Your bank account, are you the son of God? Your children's behavior, whatever. 
disappointments in life. Really? Everything's preaching at you. Everything's a word coming at you. It's a word. If you really were the son of God, I want you to do something in your arm of flesh. But you respond. It is written. A word. Let the word do the work. You're a king. You don't do work. That's what angels are for. You're the beloved son of God. And Jesus' journey goes from, this is the beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, to, at the end of Matthew, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And listen to him means he now speaks for me. He has my nature. He lays his life down for the wicked. He uses my resources the same way I'd use those resources. And he doesn't need to prove it to man. He had many opportunities to prove it to man. In the end, when he's being killed on the cross, he could have called down angels. He transfigured. He could have done that again. All right, crucify me. But first I'll do this. Okay. Tough guy. Okay, tough guy. (laughs) Very good. That's from um, that thing. You remember, remember, um, oh, tough tough guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tough guy. Yeah, he could have done that any time. They didn't kill Jesus. He laid down his life willingly. And so did Paul. Paul was, was immortal. He got stoned. That means executed. He's like, I'm preaching to you. You keep listening to other people. Let me tell me how tough it was. I've been executed. That's what stone means. I've been executed. This is my this is how tough my life is. Have you been executed? I've been executed. <laughs> He's not happy. Shipwrecked. Lashed. 49 minus 1. I'm sick of it. So he says. To die is Christ, live as Christ, and to die is gain. Which do I choose? He had a choice. Later on, the prophet says to him, This person I tie up, if he goes to Jerusalem, he'll he will die. There was a wow. Thank, good word. Paul, we saved your life. Paul says, Yeah, I'm going to Jerusalem. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. The prophet just said. Whoever I tie up with this rope, if they go to Jerusalem, they will die. Because, yeah, that's right. He made a choice. Made a choice. He is the immortal, invisible God. So are you. You're one with him. You're not Yahweh that made you. You're of him. In the same way this hippopotamus has a baby hippopotamus, it's all hippopotamus. If God has a son, it's all God. You're fully God, fully man. Second Adam, last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Here to redeem the world. This can only be at rest. Yeah? And rest, may I say, comes from love. 
Do you have that uh, video ready? Can that be played? You may have seen this before. So what we're going to see is a video on uh, childhood development. And a baby is just unfiltered human soul. Okay? Everything you do is what a baby does, except your, your executive function's turned on. A baby's upset. Okay? You're upset. You don't do that because you've learned to socialise yourself using this bit here. <laughs> yep. When a baby, when a, when a child's lying, they look away, or they cover their face, okay, you glance away, or you just touch your face. We're just doing subtle versions of what babies do. That's all we're doing. Okay? The way a baby learns is the way a human soul learns. You still learn the same way. You're the same shape. Yep. So what we're going to do is watch this video here. It's by a guy called Dr. Edward Tronick. And we used to believe that babies had no idea what humans were up to. They were just there doing their thing. And over time, their brain myelinated and they sort of start to learn things, remember things and build a case and learn emotions and what's safe and what's not safe. This guy worked out that babies are super aware. Super aware of everything going around them at any time. Because they need to know, am I safe? And that's all they're asking. Am I on my own or am I being looked after? Okay, so we're going to see uh, a famous uh, experiment which is reproduced in all cultures across time. Now, all babies do this. A baby is const constantly monitoring, am I loved? Am I adored? Am I safe? Yeah. And they use this experiment called the still-faced experiment. They get a mum to engage with the child. And all the words he uses are very kingdom words. So they're world-building. World, so the baby and the mother were one. And they become separate. And they're becoming one again. And they're world-building together. Okay? Very clear metaphor. And it's engage, engage, love, delight. And they point to things, point to things, etc., etc. And then... They get the mum just to go to a normal face. Not stern, just, just still. And the baby, not, not hate, not anger, not disappointment, just still. Not even ambivalent, just still. And instantly, you watch, 0.001 of a second, the baby knows something has changed and the world's not safe. And then you'll see it go through all its processes and we'll explain them in a minute. So yeah, let's run this. Babies this young are extremely responsive to the emotions and the reactivity and the social interaction that they get from the world around them. This is something that we started studying oh, 30, 40 years ago when people didn't think that infants could engage in social interaction. In the still face experiment, what the mother did was she sits down and she's playing with her baby who's about a year of age. I'm like a girl. Oh. And
then she gives a greeting to the baby, the baby gives a greeting back to her. This baby starts pointing at different places in the world and the mother's trying to engage her and play with her. They're working to coordinate their emotions and their intentions, what they want to do in the world. And that's really what the baby is used to. And then we ask the mother to not respond to the baby. The baby very quickly picks up on this. And then she uses all of her abilities to try and get the mother back. She smiles at the mother. She points because she's used to the mother looking where she points. The baby puts both hands up in front of her and says, what's happening here? She makes that screechy sound at the mother, like, come on, why aren't we doing this? Even in this two minutes when they don't get the normal reaction, they react with negative emotions, they turn away, they feel the stress of it, they actually may lose control of their posture because of the stress that they're experiencing. Okay. I'm here. And what are you doing? Oh, yes. Oh, what a big girl. It's a little like the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is that normal stuff that goes on, that we all do with our kids. The bad is when something bad happens, but the infant can overcome it. After all, when you stop the still face, the mother and the baby start to play again. The ugly is when you don't give the child any chance to get back to the good. There's no reparation, and they're stuck in that really ugly situation. If you have a still-faced God, you will respond in the same way that baby responded. And what did the baby do? Repeated the same actions it had in relationship. That's what religion is. That's what church is. Us repeating the same actions that we would have in relationship. But to get love, if we perceive still face. Church is this. Uh. what it is you were designed to live and grow up in Eden with the pleasure of the father always upon you never stopping always engaging he used an amazing term he said to co-regulate emotion and intention that's what we're doing if we think for any second that God is just we instantly go into a trauma set. A high anxiety trauma set. Church culture is a high anxiety trauma set culture. Because it tells you why God is not smiling at you. And then you go into a state called vigilance. Because if no one's going to help you, you need to look after yourself. That baby knew no one's going to help it. 
it actually lost physical control of its body in the end. And so do we. Our body goes into a different chemical set. It goes into a beta wave, which is vigilance. You're not supposed to be there all the time. Because you're looking, you're scanning the horizon for the bear coming to eat you or something because no one else is looking after you and you need to find it. And you're scanning for the bear, your body, your soul, out of the knowledge of good and evil is going to look after you and it's going to keep you connected to this world because the bear is coming in this world. Yeah? So when you go to meditate, your body will flick you out. Meditation is dangerous because the bear can get you if you go somewhere else. Dreaming is dangerous. Deep sleep is dangerous. Meditation is dangerous. Deep breathing out of your diaphragm to put yourself in a relaxed state is dangerous. And it's so clever to protect you, it will do something to flick you out. Remember what happened when you were 12? Oh, yeah. Instant. We're back on. Vigilance. Or it can make something up. Imagine if Auntie Jackie said this. Oh, yeah, if Auntie Jackie said that, I would have said this. A made-up situation. Or Facebook. Look what these guys are doing. Vigilance. Reward, serotonin. Well done, you're in vigilance. But you can't hear God. Because you are in beta state which ties you to this realm. Looking for the bear. You can't go into theta state. Which Arun can describe in great detail. But how? And we'll do this maybe tomorrow. Know that you have that loving mum. That's God's father's face towards you at all times. No matter what. That baby has no knowledge of good and evil. If it poos its pants, it's not expecting to be punished. It hasn't hasn't committed a crime. If it pushed over the 300-year-old vase and it smashes and gets a fright, it expects comfort and hugs. It's just broken the $3,000, 300-year-old vase. That's a crime. Innocence. That's us. No knowledge of good and evil. We are the beloved sons. That's our DNA. And God's face is always on you like this. And he will do the work. That's why Jesus just answered with the word. When you answer with the word, you're answering with the character of God. His word is his character. If you are the son of God, why this, this, and this? Is God distant from you? Is he ambivalent? Or even worse, is he angry with you? Is he planning your destruction? Does he love you but not like you? These are lies to pull out. You pull it out by receiving the free gift of becoming the beloved son. You are the beloved son. Isn't Christ the beloved son? Yes. You are the beloved son. Together, indistinguishable. One, yet two. 
Like marriage is the mystery. Two people become one. They can still talk to each other. <laughs> That's in the physical. This is the spiritual. I and the Father are one. In my Father's house, my Father's house has many rooms. My Father's house. There's many rooms in my Father's house. And I and my Father are one. And I and Christ are one. We're one person. But I can talk to him. Because marriage is the mystery, is the representation. You are loved. And that loving face is always on you. And you can well build together. And that's what puts you at rest. Because someone is here to look after you. Somebody loves you. There is nothing inherently faulty about you that would disqualify you from this love. You are perfect. You are altogether lovely. And that gaze is always on you. And when you feel that anxiety coming, <laughs> or when you want to ask God for something, <laughs> stop and know you're the beloved son. And when something accuses you, a person, a thought, a circumstance, your car broke down again, answer with the word. You are loved. And all God's promises are yes and amen to you. And that puts you at rest. And we don't have to look after yourself. Someone's looking after you. You go from fight and flight to rest and digest. When you're running from the bear, your immune system turns off, your stomach turn, digestion turns off, you stop producing serotonin, you stop producing um, oxytocin so you don't fall in love. You don't care about God. You don't connect to him in worship. You lose nuance in people's faces. You lose empathy. You have all them in your spirit. They need to hit the body. It's about redeeming the body. You are the beloved son. And from that new creation, the new creation we talked about, new species, what was framed up for you? Forget it. Frame this up. You are the beloved son forever. Holy and blameless in his sight forever. And his gaze of love is always on you. He's planning things for you. Has planned things for you from before the foundation. He's delight to give them to you. And you are qualified forever. And you cannot disqualify yourself. You're righteous forever. And this is the delight the rest that you're in, where things flow to you, the union flow, trademark registered. <laughs> All right, we're at 12.30, yeah? Yeah. Right. Father, take one minute, and we see you looking at us with delight. Just monitor your physical body with the light of the Father. You have his complete focus. Let that come to your body. Just breathe into your diaphragm deeply. And see his delight on you. He delights you because he is you. You, is, you are him. You are his DNA. He's looking at himself. Not in the image. The very image. One. The father's asking, will you believe that I am a loving father? 
will you believe I'm the loving Father? That I work on your behalf. No arm of flesh. The word does the work. You're a life-giving spirit being. Like me. And my delight is in you because you received the free gift. We speak to those bodies now. Bodies, you are safe. Someone strong is here to look after you. Thank you, brain. Thank you, body, for looking after us. Out of your wisdom, we release you now to go to rest and digest, to serotonin, to oxytocin, to digest food, to connect with other human beings, to recognise nuance and understanding, for our smells, sights, taste and touch to come back. You can wire up in peace so that this spirit man may express itself in this physical body. See that pleasurable face again. It's the smile of God's delight in you because of who you are, who you always are. The thing he planned before the foundation of the world has happened. He is delighted. This is to his great pleasure, his wisdom. Body, thank you. Just change now under this piece of this gaze. Change your chemical structure. Change your chemical set, your hormonal set, your energetic set. Angels come and minister now and remove and shift energetic structures in, in our bodies. Physical cell structure change. Genetics epigenetically alter now to the beloved son, the beloved son. We are the beloved son on the earth. Shalom, shalom. Amen. All right, very good.